do, 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 do. Here we go. My name is Todd. This is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 409, and I have a little bit of trivia about that number for you, sweetie. Can't wait. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And who doesn't want to feel outstanding? And I always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. And my wife and I, I never use that word, wife, uh, had an impromptu business meeting, which she loves so much. And yesterday we concocted a modified version of our mission statement. Yes. Well, actually, we created a mission statement and made what we had called a mission statement our vision statement. Correct. We're still figuring out business. We will always be figuring it out because good businesses always continue to evolve. I know. So this is our new mission, which we got inspiration from Brene Brown. Uh, and it's making the world a braver place by no, doing... That's not it. That's hers. Oh. Oh. See, we're still working on business. Do you remember what it is? Ours is making the world a more civil and compassionate place. By doing work we love with people we care about in a way that is aligned with our values, our personality, and our lifestyle. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. So just to explain that last part... Is where's our box of Kleenex that used to be here? Here, use the Santa hat. I don't want to use that Santa hat. Oh. I just sneezed There's and I would Kleenex love. Kleenex right there. Oh, there it is. Okay, so here's the thing. Why we add it? So Brene Brown, he was Todd was reading Brene's, and she talks about making the world a braver place, and has kind of a different ending. But we put values, personality, and lifestyle because values absolutely because we're always trying to be in our integrity and stay connected to our values, not just in what we're saying on the show, but in how we run our business Mm -hmm. and how we talk to other people, how we live our lives in our house, how we live our lives when we're walking down the street. This is not just for show. You have to do this. It's intrinsic, right? Mm -hmm. But also our personality, because there are things that people around us would like us to do and they don't, and I shouldn't say us, Todd and I have different personalities. So there's certain things that people are like, well, if you want this, you have to do this. And I'm like, but that doesn't fit my personality at all. Right. And vice versa, where people are like, why would you do that? And I'm like, because that's fun for me. That's my personality. And the last one is lifestyle. Todd and I get asked to do things sometimes where we would have to travel or we would have to commit to like a year long whatever. And that just doesn't work. You like options. You're American. You like freedom. Well, yeah. 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 Um, you know, speaking of that, I, I, I listened to a really good interview with Jeff Daniels on Sam Jones yes. on Off Camera. And he so he talked about his whole career, but he ended by talking about the newsroom. You know how he plays Will McAvoy on the newsroom? Yes. Have you ever watched it? I've seen the, the viral speech he gives. That's what they talked about, that viral times. speech. And one of the things he says in that that I, that I was like, wow. I mean, it's such a powerful speech that Aaron Sorkin wrote for him, but is about when people are like, well, I love to be free and I'm an American. He, he rattled off like 12 other countries that are completely free. Really? Yeah. So, and that doesn't mean that we shouldn't appreciate where we are. It's just one of those things that people say as if we're the only people who are free. It's a six minute uh, thing, yeah, oh, which we're long. not going to play. And no. you don't remember if it's the beginning or the end? Well, the beginning, it's it's near the end yeah. because this, but you don't have to play the we'll whole We'll post speech. it on the show yeah. notes. Um do you want me to play? Because I think there's F F bombs trapped. Yeah, in there too. and you know what? It's kind of heavy. It's very. Like, heavy. I don't think it ends on a very. No, uh, no, sort of it's kind of like wah wah. Right. <laughs> I say put it in the show notes so people who are interested, because again, if you like Aaron Sorkin's writing, 
it it's really oh yeah well written. encapsulates a wonderful uh, little yeah and just a side note that that interview with Jeff Daniels really is connected to what we're talking about with our mission statement because he talks about that when he became a famous actor, like the first two movies he got were Terms of Endearment and The Purple Rose of Cairo, mm-hmm. and he was famous, and you know what he did? He moved to Michigan. He moved to Michigan. Who doesn't want to move to Michigan? That's my guy. Yes. I'm like, yes, and so, you know, he's like, I would fly in if I wanted to do something, but I wanted to raise my kids. And the reason that's significant is because most people say they either have to move to New York or L.A. Right, and they're like, this is where I have to be. There's no other choice, and, and Jeff Daniels is like, there are other and that's, choices. Not that that's true, but that's more likely for you to su- succeed, at least in the beginning, to live out there. But he got, you know, it's not like he was a superstar. He got one or two good roles. Correct. And what most people would do in that situation is double down in LA right. and say, how am I going to grow this brand of Jeff Daniels? Right. And instead he bailed. He never wanted to be a brand. Yeah. He's like, I love acting. Yeah. And he acted in Michigan. He opened a playhouse and he yeah. did some writing. So it's not that he was, he stopped acting. He's just like, I don't need to be famous. And that is just a little bit of things I like. I'm going to play just a little clip of it just so people know what it is. Uh, from the newsroom? Yeah. Okay. What makes America the greatest country in the world? Well, Lewis and Sharon said it, diversity and opportunity and freedom and freedom. I'm not letting you go back to the airport without answering the question. Well, our Constitution is a masterpiece. James Madison was a genius. The Declaration of Independence is, for me, the single greatest piece of American writing. You don't look satisfied. One's a set of laws and the other's a declaration of war. I want a human moment from you. What about the people? Why is America not the greatest greatest country in the world, Professor? That's my answer. You're saying yes. Let's talk about fine. Sharon, the NEA is a loser. Yeah, it accounts for a penny out of our paycheck, but he gets to hit you with it anytime he wants. It doesn't cost money. It costs votes. It costs airtime and face. You're gonna tell students that America is so star-spangled awesome that we're the only ones in the world who have freedom. Canada has freedom. Japan has freedom. The UK, France, Italy, Germany, Spain, Australia, Belgium has freedom. So 207 sovereign states in the world, like 180 of them have freedom. All right. And yeah, you, uh, sorority girl, just in case you accidentally wander into a voting booth one day, there's some things you should know. And one of them is there is absolutely no evidence to support the statement that we're the greatest country in the world. We're seventh in literacy, 27th in math, 22nd in science, 49th in life expectancy, 178th in infant mortality, third in median household income, number four in labor force, and number four in exports. We lead the world in only three categories. Number of incarcerated citizens per capita, number of adults who believe angels are real, and defense spending, where we spend more than the next 26 countries combined, 25 of whom are allies. Now, none of this is the fault of a 20-year-old college student, but you nonetheless are, without a doubt, a member of the worst period, generation period ever, period. So when you ask what... Yikes. Wow, right? (laughs) I'm like, yikes! Well, and it goes on for a few more minutes. I know, and he, when he prepared for that, I mean, he he does this whole thing on this podcast where he talks about how he prepared for that, and that he's like, I've been waiting my whole life for a speech like this. Well, I'm sure most other actors have too. I mean, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty good. It's like, whoa! So, um, on today's show, um, to lighten things up a little bit, I'm going to have a few quick takes, and which I know my sweetie loves, <laughs> and uh, we're going to talk about the good statements for women to practice. Yeah. 
I liked this. And then you had something else, I think, didn't you? I don't know. Well, um, just, uh, I actually wanted to go through uh, really quick. Yeah. So everybody listen. I'm going to do this quickly. We have a few events. First of all, Team Zen. All you have to do to get on Team Zen is to go to zenparentingradio.com. And then there's actually a thing right under Get Zen that says Team Zen. You click on it and you subscribe. Here's a cool thing. If you are on Team Zen, it's a subscription for $25 a month. And, you know, we do a uh, two extra shows. They're live. You can ask questions. We have a Facebook page community. It's just really awesome. We've been doing this now for many months, and it's awesome. But also, you get $50 off the conference. So for those of you who missed the early bird special because it ended last week, it will give you – just being on Team Zen pays for this, for you this. know – Discount. This discount. Yeah. So do that. Second thing is we've got this success series coming up at the library. For those of you who are local, all you have to do is go to zenparentingradio.com and click live events, and you will see the first one's January 8th. Um, The next one about civility is January 17th, and the last one about EQ and IQ is the 29th of January. And then finally, of course, is Zen Parenting Conference. Just because Early Bird ended doesn't mean you can't get tickets. You can. And if you're a teacher, you just email us, and we'll give you a coupon code so you can get a discount. And again, you can join Team Zen and get a discount. And you just that's what we got. Um, Speaking of the conference, I want to play a quick 60 seconds from one of our keynotes. Okay. Mike Damish. Yeah. And it's just a tease for what you're going to get at the conference if you show up. And it's wonderful and it will, um, it'll just help. So here's Mike Domish. Well, can Us. I, can sure, I say ahead. this first? Because a lot of people know who Cheryl Strait is, right? Oh, yeah. You guys know she wrote Wild and she's our first keynote. Second one is Milk and she sings the I Can't Keep Quiet song and all this other music that's coming out from her. And she's amazing advocate for women. And Mike Domish who uh, is the founder of the Date Safe Project, he talks about consent and sexual assault and how to have healthy dating relationships. So he's a really powerful speaker. What did you say? How many times does he speak during uh, the year? 200 times a year. 200 times a year. Yeah. So here's a quick interview that we did with him, and actually we're interviewing him this Friday, mm. as a matter of fact. So we'll be round two with Mike Domish. But here's a clip from our first interview. Women about, like you said, this is for all of us. Yes. I mean, when we're talking with the older audience, this is not a middle school conversation, but this next part, when I'm talking to an older audience, college and above, we're going to teach them how to ask their partner, what would you love for me to do in bed for you tonight? Yes. And when people hear, they're like, woo, you know, like, they're they're like, they freak out at first, but I'm like, okay, are you freaking out because I'm old and I said it? Like if you're a young audience, like the old guy said it, or are you freaking out because it's just too scary to say those words? And a big chunk of them, like, it's too awkward. I couldn't say those words, but you can engage in the sexual activity. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, that is messed up. I mean, they're smart. The audiences are smart. And they're like, that doesn't make sense, does it? How (laughs) how am I having the sexual activity I can't talk about? What's missed? Yes, what's missing is the key question. So if you're 45, how about you go home tonight, look your partner in the eye, if you're in the mood. If you're both in the mood and say, what would you love me to do for you in bed? Explore that question so that when you teach it to your children, you actually know what you're talking about. Yeah. Right. And you understand the discomfort in it. And you and there's not the shame about you shouldn't be uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable. But it all is, unless you're communicating about yes. it. Yes, and if you learn how to have these conversations, it goes from uncomfortable to anticipation. Right. Right. Because if you know how to ask your partner, what do you love for me to do in bed for you tonight? Now you're like, ooh, can't wait for bed tonight. Yeah, that's right. just, this is not ruining the moment. This is kicking the moment up. i got like six hours before that's going to happen. Right. And no, my partner might change their mind between now and 11 p.m. Absolutely. They might change their mind, and that's okay. That's totally okay. But what our culture does is say, you changed your mind, how dare you? 
That's right. You told me at five we were going to do this, as if you don't have a right anymore. We do that in marriages. I know. Mm-hmm. And so it's that's why when people go, oh, teenagers need this. You know what? We all need this. We all need it. Oh, gosh. He's so good. He is so, so good. So true. So that was just a quick tease. So my quick takes. You ready, my dear? Uh-huh. What movie did we watch last night as a family? Well, we watch it every year. Yes. Why do we watch this movie every year? We watch... A Brady, a very Brady Christmas. Yes. Because it's so bad. It is so bad. It's so bad that it's so good. And we went through a huge phase with our three girls where we watched, they watched the Brady Bunch. I don't know when that was, years ago. Yeah. But they've seen every single one a million times. And obviously Todd and I grew up with it. Sure. So these are familiar characters and we watch this movie every year. And it is like, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 years after the series ended. Yes. So it's all the same actors with the exception of Cindy. Yeah, I don't Cindy know what happened to back. Cindy. <laughs> Cindy was probably... Dealing with something. I don't know what They got was somebody wrong. else to be Cindy. But uh, it's just so funny because I was totally making fun of the whole movie the whole time. And the girls were laughing and it was like a fun family bonding th- time. And usually we don't spend our time making fun of the movie we're watching. <laughs> but I don't know. If you want to mix it up, um, you know, do a search for a very Brady Christmas and watch like the worst written. Well, and that's the thing. The dialogue. I mean, you know, it's just so funny to go from Aaron Sorkin, yeah. you know, his writing um, to... <laughs> This, the dialogue is so bad. It's like someone wrote something down the night before and said, okay, let's do this. And the uh, climax of the movie is at the end because Mike gets uh, barricaded in a building that he helped design. He actually didn't help design oh, it. He didn't? They, remember, he said, I'm not going to help you design this if you don't give it, make it structurally sound. And then so he got out. He took the high road. He took the high road as so Mike So then does. all of a sudden they call him the architect Mike Brady right. and he gets stuck in there and everybody's scared and there's like news crews around and there's family and people and he doesn't uh they they can't find him right so the only thing that's going to help him sweetie joyful and triumphant so that's uh carol brady played by florence henderson florence and the girls realized last night the middle they, row died. The middle row was no longer with us. Mike, Ann B. Davis, yeah. <laughs> who's Alice, gone, who through this whole Christmas special, she doesn't work for the Bradys anymore because all the kids are grown, but she comes home because Sam cheats on her, which mm. is horrible. Hilarious. And you say hilarious, I say horrible. Oh, sorry. And then while she's- I just she's, can't imagine Sam the Butcher cheating on I mean, Alice. It's horrible. What's he doing? And then while he's while she's living with them, because she says, I'm so sad, I'm going to live with you, she wears her maid uniform mm-hmm. the whole time. Why? She's not a maid anymore. No, no. She could just wear some comfy clothes. So that's my quick, my one quick take, but here's my other one. College. I probably shouldn't brag, but dag, I'm amazed and astonished. The problem is I got a lot of brains, but no polish. I got a holler just to be heard with every word. I drop knowledge. I'm a diamond in the rough. All right. Shining it's hard to turn Lin-Manuel's lyrics off, but I have to um, say why I'm playing that. I took Skylar to Hamilton last night, and, you know, everybody thinks it's, like, the best thing ever in the world, like, better than sliced bread and everything. So I was worried that I was going to go in disappointed because it's one of those things, like, if my personality is such that if... Um, Don't ever tell Todd a movie's good. Or not... It's fine if it's good, but if you're like, oh, my God, this is the best movie, like, it's... My makeup is, like, I... It's very hard for me not to be disappointed. It's hard to rise to that. So I saw it, and I was... Very, 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 very impressed. It's not the best thing that I've ever seen or anything like that, but it is really super duper good. 
How's that for adjectives? Super duper. Super duper good. As much as you can get. But here's my problem. I have, all, as Kathy knows, I've always had a hard time interpreting lyrics of any songs. Mm -hmm. And to truly appreciate this musical, which is 100% lyrics. Yeah, it's all singing. There's no stated words. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I just wanted to say I enjoyed my time with my amazing 10-year-old daughter yesterday on a little daddy-daughter date. Thank you, sweetie, for pushing me to go see that. Mm -hmm. I would like to go see it again. It's not a cheap show, so I don't no. know if that's going to happen. Well, and that's the thing is I took our older girls before Skyler wanted to go, but then Skyler got so into the music and we're like, okay, we got to get Todd and Skyler to go. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I, I've seen it twice. And like you said, it's not cheap, yeah. um, but it's kind of like what I did is chose that over other things. Right. Do you know what I mean? And you can get cheap seats that are... Yeah, we got obstructed view and yeah. I think are a lot cheaper. They're so good. Yeah. That's the thing is when you're there, you're there. Yeah. And... But you, but you see the seating map, you're like, oh, this must be so right. much better. It's not. It's every not. house in this, every seat in the house is good. And that's how any good theater should be, right. which is, you know, which in Chicago, the theaters are beautiful. We're actually, uh, all three of the girls and I are going to see Wicked um, in two weeks, and it will be our fourth time. Wow. So, and I prioritize theater. It is expensive, yes. but I live in Chicago, and that is something that I would rather do that than other choices that people make. So it's kind like, of like this like or that. take an extra vacation right. or whatever it is. Right. So I'm with you. And I'm glad that you did that because if, if it were up to me, I wouldn't do it and I would end up kicking myself in the butt. Right. So Well, and the girls, we we know Wicked, like mm. the back of our hand. We know every song. So. so let's jump in. All right. What is this list that you have me looking at? So here's the thing. the There are, you know, as you guys know, and as we've talked about on this show so much, there is a lot of um, light being shined on the fact that women haven't always been treated appropriately in the workplace. Back up. Are you kidding me? <laughs> that's crazy. I know. That's so not loud. Remember when you used to play that and it would hurt my ears? I changed it for you. Thank you. Um, and... What's interesting is before I go into this list of statements for women to practice, um, so Todd has been saying, Todd teaches and talks with men. He facilitates groups with men, as you guys know. And he's been saying to me, I need information or a video or a great comment that I can say to men when they say to me, why didn't women speak up about this before? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we got Geraldo Herrera, uh, Herrera, I can't Geraldo say Rivera. Right. <laughs> Geraldo Rivera last week saying, I think that if women are going to come forward, it should be within a five-year period of time. Mm -hmm. And like, he's trying to put rules and restrictions. I would take five years. And as we said last week, according to Congress, you have 180 days. Right. And after that, it never happened. Right. It, and that's the thing is I'm not saying... I'm not even I don't even want to comment on right. other on men saying what women should be able right. to do. It's just it's so interesting how people act as if this is like some kind of ploy that women are engaging in when really you can be sexually assaulted 20 years ago and have reasons like a no one will believe me or b the police didn't investigate or c i would have gotten fired or d if i lost my job i'd lose my house there are reasons why there are structures and systems in place that keep women from speaking up yeah. so when they eventually do it doesn't mean it's not true yeah. it means that there were reasons and so Todd's like i wish there was a video so saturday night um, our family tends to watch Saturday Night Live. Yes, our children too. Um, and actually not Skylar so much, but yeah. our older kids. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, here's a video 
that kind of explains something kind of funny. Do you want me to play it? It's actually not funny at all, but they make it funny. Yeah, go ahead and play that. So it's a video uh, that Saturday Night Live did last Saturday called Welcome to Hell. This is just a quick uh, chunk of it, which kind of highlights what it is that we're talking about. Let's get back into this. Now House of Cards is ruined, and that really sucks. Well, here's a list of stuff that's ruined for us. Parking and walking and Uber and ponytails, bathrobes and nighttime and drinking and hotels and things. Nothing good happens in a van. Welcome to hell. Welcome to hell. This isn't news. No, 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 not news. Our situation's been a Last break, she's like, Mace in our hands. Yeah. And this is what's so funny. Go ahead. Parking. Parking. And walking. So she starts by saying, so everybody's sad because House of Cards is ruined for them because Kevin Spacey can't be on it anymore. And she's like, you know, so that's ruined for you. Here's the things that's ruined for us. Parking and walking. Walking. And there's some other. Uber. Yeah. And hotels. Yeah. And bathrobes. Yes. And nighttime. Nighttime. That's the other thing. (laughs) Like the other half of the day. The other half of the day. And basically what she means is these are things, and I know, you know, what I've been trying to explain to Todd, or I I haven't really had to explain, he totally understood this, is a lot of times people look at the world through their own glasses, right? So if a man would look at the world through his glasses and say, I don't see this. Uh, These things you guys are talking about, I don't see it. If it was happening, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you speak up? I don't see it. And the thing is, is you have your glasses on. You live the world through a white man's lens. And and there's a part, right, that we kind of caught the tail end where Leslie Jones comes up and says, you ladies understand that this is like a million times worse for a woman of color. And they're like, yes. Yes. So – even white women wear white women glasses and, you know, we all wear our, our own, own glasses. glasses. The problem is a minority woman caller, a, a gay minor, minority woman has so many, so many lenses. barriers mm-hmm. or, or crud on their, like this, the, the, not crud. No. How do I, how do I say this? Their glasses have such a different reality. Yes. It's and, not and that their life is sadder yes, rea- reality because of how they are oppressed. Correct. Okay. And so to... someone will say, "Well, I don't see that for you." Well, and that's my challenge, and and Kathy's helping me with this. Is I I said when I because I have these opportunities to talk to these men, and I want to keep doing that, and I need to be able to. It's it's hard to look. It's hard to walk in another person's shoes. It's hard to see a world through a different person. I'm a 45 year old white straight man. I've I've worn these glasses for 45 years, so it's really challenging. Not nearly as challenging as all the things that you ladies have challenges, but it's not easy to put on a different set of glasses. So I'm right. trying to come up with ideas, ways of how to do that. And two examples. One is when the Harvey Weinstein came out, I said, Gwyneth Paltrow, she's so strong. How come she didn't do this? And you're like, you don't understand how scary it is to disrupt this narrative that and, – and when they do say something, it gets squashed and blah, blah, blah. So then Matt Lauer happens last week. Right. And you said Katie Couric came out. I'm like, oh, my God, Katie Couric. I have, like, such a high regard for her. Well, she didn't really – what she said, she didn't, like, come out and say he abused me. She said he used to slap me on the butt all the time or right. pinch me on the butt. And I said to you, my God, 
how come she didn't say this earlier? <laughs> and your answer was perfect. You remember what it no. was? Your answer was, she did. Right. In 2012. Right. And nobody paid attention. Correct. That, for me, is like an aha. I can say that to men, and they'll be like, oh. Right. So during that video from Saturday Night Live, so there's the women singing, and then Melissa uh, Villasenor, I love that last name, so mm-hmm. great. She plays the woman from history, mm-hmm. demonstrating women have been saying this forever. Like yes. her first person is like a, a woman, a witch burning at the stake, yeah. you know, the, right. the Salem trials. And then the next woman is Rosie the Riveter. Yeah. And then the next woman is like a madman kind of character, right, right. you know. So when they're like, why didn't you speak up? She's like, really? They have been. We have been. We have not been listening. And the thing is, is then when you speak up, then you're called a feminazi. Yep. And then you're saying that that you want to overpower men or you hate men. Yeah. So this is, you You guys who've been listening to the show for seven years know that I've always talked about how angry I get when people, women, disparage Gloria Steinem or Oprah or a lot of these women who have taken us so far mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, you know, I don't like Gloria Steinem. She's so harsh or she's a feminazi. Do you know what she did for you? Mm-hmm. Do you know what she was willing to do with her life to make your life better? And you can say, oh, she did it for herself. Damn right. Mm-hmm. And she also and did else. it for you. Yeah. And same with Oprah. You know, when we, you have a family member who it, it's a man that I, I admire and love very much, but he always talks about oh, I can't stand Oprah, and she's she's always trying to convince people of things. I'm like, oh, she, and men don't? Right, and she puts her <laughs> face on her magazine. How dare she do that? Well, the reason she does that is because they have found out that they sell more magazines, and it's a for-profit business. Now, I don't even want to get started by how much Oprah helps the world oh my gosh. by the money that she, with the money that she makes. But if any man did that, like, oh, that's smart business. Well, Tony Robbins puts his face on everything. Because... We have a president who puts his name on, on everything. everything. But we're mad at Oprah because she puts her face right. on a magazine. And she's starting schools in Africa. Right. And and so what we need, this is how we kind of take our glasses off and either put someone else's glasses on or just leave the glasses off and see everybody's reality. <laughs> right. We like step into everybody's shoes. And why this is important is Todd and I are talking this like grand scale, you know, like what's happening in our country as far as these, you know, allegations coming forward and people are actually believing women now. Yeah. And of course, there's going to be a backlash. I've already seen some of it. You know, they've interviewed certain women who are like, women contribute to this too. And and these all these things are going to happen because that's what happens when something becomes big. But what, what Todd and I try and do and talk about is this is not just about looking at the entertainment industry. It's how this infects our own lives, how we then treat our spouse that way, yep. how we then recognize our own ability or inability to speak up. Because it's not, you know, that's one thing that has been talked about at great length. And I think I was listening to a podcast, maybe it was NPR Politics, but about this whole thing has not trickled down to the workplace necessarily yet. The reason why the Harvey Weinstein thing and some of these other um, big allegations have, you know, people have believed these women is because they are powerful women now. You know what I mean? And so people aren't really- These are the women of power. Exactly. Or there's just such a big grouping of people. You've got 14 people. Strength in numbers. Strength in numbers. Whereas like in the workplace, it's not like, you know, a woman who has a part-time job at McDonald's who's being sexually harassed. It's not like her boss is like, 
oh, everything's got, different now. Right. So this hasn't quite trickled down. Well, and since Harvey Weinstein, I've tried to kind of look at the world through a different lens. And I'm believe me, I'm not perfect at it. And um, but just since that happened, I've been in a bunch of meetings where I'm with, you know, mostly men and a handful of women. And I've noticed because I'm maybe a little hypersensitive to it, that the guys who interrupt and don't let somebody finish talking, they interrupt the women a lot quicker and more often than the men. Oh, yeah. And I would not have noticed that two months ago. Right. So it's taken this crisis, which I think it is, or this awareness, depending on how you look at it. This long-running crisis. So that's all I want to do is I want to invite the men out there to kind of – who to take their glasses off for just a second or for a day or for a week – and try to view it through that because then it will change your own view. And I'm dedicating another one of my tribe men's groups, which happens actually next Tuesday, a week from today, um, about this topic. So if there's any Chicagoland guys out there and they want to invest in a discussion because uh, it's something that is not going away anytime soon and what we have to do is use this, what's happening in the in the news and use it to better our world and to heal these collective wounds that have been going on for generations. Yeah, this is not about creating new laws and making life difficult for men. This is a shift in consciousness. And maybe new laws will come from it and maybe things will change. But it's about us realizing how we've treated people and what we have accepted as normal. Yeah, Because I don't think any women have ever been like, okay, I'll accept this as normal. We just, there's not a lot of choices. Like you, there's that video is so funny because I mean, I was literally, I was laughing out loud, not, you know, a lot of people are like, how dare they make, you know, light of victims in this um, video. I'm telling you guys, they, it was so on the nail. Like at the very beginning there, <laughs> Kate McKinnon's like, I walk through the parking lot with my keys like this, like through each finger. Right. I do that all the time. And I don't sit there and say, darn this world, I have to do this. I've been doing that since I was 16. Your condition, this is part of how you breathe. Right. And so then you tell someone that and they're like, why? Like Todd, I've brought this up on uh, the show numerous times, but I've, it was a great revelation for me recently because one of the things that you guys all know that, you know, the stories about how when men go to bed, they just go upstairs and go to bed. And when women go to bed, they do 50 things before they go to bed, which is kind of a joke. It's not always that way. But one of the things that I'm very adamant about constantly is lock the doors. Mm. And Todd and I have gotten into not not huge arguments, but like really deep discussions where he's like, it's not a big deal. Yeah, You know, we're fine. We're safe. We're in a good neighborhood. You and I have completely different realities. I live al- I lived alone for a very long time before you and it would have been crazy to not lock the door. Do you understand what happens to a woman if she doesn't lock the door? So when you like when I came home when you guys were at the Crusoe party on Saturday night the front door wasn't locked. <laughs> and and I, I know we're safe like sure. it, it's not that I'm like oh let's have a fight about it but that's so different. Right. When I leave the house yeah. the doors are locked. When I am in the house during the day, I leave the doors open sometimes. I really do feel safe where I am. But it's just not something women do. Right. So when men fight us about, that's dumb, or you don't it's live the same dumb. life we right. do. No. So that is a great conversation, not of who wins, but of understanding. And that's where it begins. And that's the other thing is 
hopefully this comes out right, but if we're going to heal this collective wound or do our small part in how to do that, we need to, and I say this to both the men and the women, because I consider myself a feminist and uh, all the other feminists out there and all the women out there uh, who believe in that, you cannot de- demonize the, uh, the guys out there. Because if you demonize Correct. us, you're going to lose us. You need to, we need to reach our hand out to you all and they need to reach their hand out to us. This is not a, I'm good, you're bad. Because right. it doesn't, it's it's gonna, I've learned the hard way. I've had conversations with good friends and I've kinda, I didn't demonize them, but I said to them, this happened to me in Arizona with some good friends and we had some conversations over breakfast and I said, I'm completely triggered and offended by what it is that you said. Now, the way my friend responded, my friend of 20 plus years got very defensive and we got into a fight and we got no further towards an understanding. So it's it's not even how you, what you say, it's how you say it. And that's something I'm trying to get better at. Well, and it's no different this show is all about universal principles. It's no different than in how you talk to your spouse, how you talk to your children. You know, we talk about when you are when your children are having trouble or they've made a mistake, you still can talk with them respectfully. Mm-hmm. You know, people are like, no, no, I have to yell at them and make them feel horrible and shameful. And that's well, what I did with my buddy yeah. and it blew up. It, right. And that's my buddy. Imagine if it's some guy on the street right. or some coworker I barely know. And But one thing I will say that it, you're 100% right because that is, again, our mission statement, civility and compassion. Compassion yeah. in all areas. It's yeah. not like civility and compassion here, but over here you can be a jerk. Right. No, everywhere. But at the same time, don't tell it's kind of like grief. Don't tell people that they can't be mad anymore. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean they can take their anger out on people. Mm-hmm. But I what article was I reading where I was like, let them let her be annoyed for a little yeah. bit. Let her, you know, to say, oh, well, that happened. Okay, now I've heard you get over it. Mm-hmm. Okay she has a right to feel the way she does. She doesn't have a right to scold someone in public or to, you know, cuss them out. Yeah. But don't tell her how to feel about this. Right. Because she's been living with this for 20 plus years and no one has believed her. So to say, okay, now it's been acknowledged, get over it. Right. Because that's not civil and compassionate either. No. The person who says, oh, get over it. Right. That's not, even if you're using kind words or a kind tone of voice, think about what you're telling that person. Right. Like there is an impact of of telling somebody to shut down because they're still expressing their pain, their sadness, their sorrow, their anguish, their frustration at the system that they find themselves in. Exactly. And they may get through it and five years later be upset about it again because that's what trauma is. And that's the thing that's so interesting about this is is that women um, and some men, of course, have experienced trauma. And right now... The trauma is being like, oh, I see that you've experienced trauma. Not only do I recognize it, like one of the the things that I've been so in admiration of is there's a movie coming out on December 22nd called All the Money in the World. Okay. It's about John Paul Getty. It's um, got uh, Mark Wahlberg, Michelle Williams, who I absolutely love, and then Kevin Spacey played John Paul Getty. So Ridley Scott is the director of this movie. Mm-hmm. And when the Kevin Spacey allegations came out in November and, you know, all that started, Ridley Scott's like, nope, he's not in the movie anymore. And he called up Christopher Plummer, who's amazing, 
and said, will you play this part? I'm going to reshoot all of his scenes. Then he called Mark and he, Wahlberg. And he wasn't a cameo. Kevin Spacey was not a cameo. No. He was a significant part of the movie. So he's he's the guy who has the money. Yeah. He's the one that they're talking about because it's his grandson who gets – it's a true story. His grandson was um, kidnapped. And so he then called up Michelle Williams and Mark Wahlberg and the other people, and they said, yeah, we'll come back. You know why? Because predators are not going to get away with this stuff anymore. If we just say, oh, he's in the movie, like there's a big – and it's so interesting that this is Mark Wahlberg because he's on the other side of a controversy, which is this new Daddy's Home movie just Mm -hmm. came out. And it's not really a controversy, but there's discussion around it. And it's Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell's dad is John Lithgow, and Mark Wahlberg's dad is Mel Gibson. Mm. And I heard um, some people saying, wow, we have a short memory about Mel Gibson. Like, he's back. Not only did he got nominated for an Academy Award last year for Hacksaw Ridge, Mm. he's now acting again in movies. Now, you guys may have your own opinions about Mel Gibson. I don't really think about him that much. But it is interesting how... You know, all these women's careers were ruined and yeah. they and he's back. Well, and a different example of, of somebody standing up. Ridley Scott stood up. He stood up. What did our Wonder Woman say? Oh, love her. Gail Gadot? It's actually Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Thank yes. you. Yes. I, I want to get her name right because I love her so much and I don't want to say it wrong. So she, so the second Wonder Woman... You know, is they're they're getting geared up for it, and one of the producers, I don't think it was the director, but was Brett Ratner. Yes, is that his name? Yes, I believe. Who's so. also been accused yeah. of sexual assault and really gross stuff. Like uh, Ellen Page did a whole thing about him. Yes, Ellen Page, who played Juno, who Todd and I love her too. Yes, and he like outed her in front of people and just did horrible awful, things. Awful story. And sh- and Gal Gadot said, "I'm not going to sign on to this movie till he's gone." Yeah, and basically giving up millions of dollars that I'm sure she's getting paid and all that. So take a stand, stand up. And guess what? It worked because they're not losing her. Oh yeah, it worked. Oh, I didn't even know. Oh yeah, she's he's gone. She's on. Thank goodness. I know. Yeah. Um, we need to talk about our partner, and then let's go through this list that we said we were going to talk about 20 <laughs> okay. minutes ago. Okay. Um, our amazing partner is Canvas People, and they've been our partner for, geez, I don't know, five or six months. What's CanvasPeople.com? They are an easy-to-use photo-to-canvas service that takes your favorite photos, memories, and turns them into beautiful artwork for you to enjoy every day. So instead of snapping that beautiful photo and letting them rot on your phone, bring that photo to life. Uh, it's Christmas time, so happy holidays. It's a great time to use CanvasPeople.com. But here's the deal that they have for our listeners. Order the 11 by 14 Canvas that is usually priced at $69.99. If you put in the promo code ZEN, Z-E-N, it goes from 70 bucks down to zero. You just pay shipping. So it's a no-brainer. Go to canvaspeople.com, put in ZEN, and get a free 11 by 14 canvas. Tis the season for canvas people. And tis the season to buy Kathy's books. Oh, yes. uh, Living what you want your kids to learn. Uh Get it on Amazon or get it on our website. Yes, it's a good gift. Um, Let's go through this list. Okay, so basically this list is statements for women to practice because like Todd said – in the workplace and in other you know, areas where men and women are working together in whatever capacity, sometimes, and it could be completely unconscious, women get talked over or shut down in meetings. And I, for those of you who are like, no, I've never seen that. That doesn't happen. 
take your glasses off, yes. just like Todd did, and notice instead of go in on autopilot. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's subtle, and sometimes it's overt. Right. Sometimes it's really subtle, and sometimes I think the person doing it doesn't even realize. That's why I mean it's unconscious. They don't. They don't. I, nine times out of ten, I'm I. I I, I, it comes from an unconscious place. And so women, you know, talking about speaking civilly, um, we have to figure out ways. Again, this doesn't all fall on us. You know, it's kind of like, tell, I'm sorry, I'm not going to this list, but this is cool <laughs> too. Tell the story that you just said to us at breakfast yesterday about uh, John Duffy talking to his his daughter and oh, son. John Duffy, who will probably be part of our or conference. Or his niece and son, yeah. So he has a, a son and a niece and a nephew. And he was telling me a story over breakfast a few weeks ago that he had, um, you know, they were incoming freshmen. This at is a, a couple of years ago. At a university. And he had this really long, specific conversation to his niece about how to protect herself in the college fraternity sorority environment. Right. Don't and set your drink down. Don't put your drink down. Order bottles of beer. Don't order mixed drinks. Uh, always keep your drink with you. Always walk with a friend. Walk with friends. You know, the list goes on and on. Carrie I'm Mace. Sure, I'm sure knowing uh, Dr. Duffy that he was very thoughtful in what it is that he wanted to communicate with his niece. And then he told his son and his nephew, you know, that talk was basically, you know, watch her back. And that was it. And that was it. And somebody might be like, yeah, that's what you're supposed to say. What about, and I, I love John Duffy. He's a dear friend he's, of mine. He's bringing this up on purpose. Yes. He, he, yeah. He's calling himself he's calling out. himself out. He's like, what about me telling my son and nephew what you need to do to be a good steward of humanity? Right. If a girl is drunk... There is no sexual yeah. relations. Right. If somebody, if a girl is having a hard time getting out of a situation, you help her. Yes. Or another man. Right. Um, if you know, if a girl is walking home, maybe you walk home together. You know, you be a good, you be like, it's not about being a good guy or being a protector. Be a good human being. Right. Make choices. If someone says no, they mean no. But and and the point of that story is we invest so much of our resources to protect our daughters mm -hmm. in this world. And we forget about teaching our boys how to be a boy. And what I would say is we invest all of our energy in making this a girl's problem yes. and invest no energy in take holding boys and men accountable. Mm -hmm. Because if we did them both simultaneously, we'd get somewhere. Yep. But all we say is to girls or to women, here's what you need to do to protect yourself. This is on you. Why didn't you say no? Why did you wear that? Why did you drink? And it becomes their fault. I have a t-shirt. It's my favorite t-shirt of all time. And it's, it says on it, um, it says, boys will be boys. And the second boy on the bottom is crossed out and says, good humans. Yeah. Because we, you know, it, it drives me absolutely nuts when there's some victim blaming and all that, as if we as men have no ability to control our urges. Right. As if we're a bunch of animals that don't have the ability to uh, not act on what might be something that we you know, that is like an urge or something. And we've like adjusted that. as a society to say boys will be boys, but girls, you need to protect yourself. We've yeah. adjusted that way. So that's why people say, well, this is normal. It is normal, but could we question that? And yeah. maybe this is, isn't. Is our normal uh, healthy? A skew. Is it positive? No. It is. Yeah, exactly. You know, we, we like uh, Jackson Katz always talks about he's a, you know, a teacher um, for healthy masculinity. And he's, he talked about how, you know, he goes through all the sentences of first it starts out with John hits 
Mary, mm-hmm. right? And then because it then the sentence becomes Mary got hit, mm-hmm. and then Mary, and then all of a sudden John is like left out of the yeah. equation completely. Right. And then it's Mary's an abused woman, mm-hmm. you know, or a battered woman. It's like, well, where's the person who battered yeah. her? But that's how we do it in our mind is the is the man. And on that note, okay, I'm sorry, Ted, but one more thing. So this weekend I got to go away. I got to go away. I chose to go away. So even um, you, your, your language, I know, right? I know. I re- exactly. This is why I feel really good. Why in did you just catch yourself this. so people understand? You because just said I got to go away. Sounds like somebody gave me permission. Permission, and right. and uh, there was nothing like that. It was this weekend was my weekend to go away, and I go away by myself, um, or I did this time uh, to my aunt's house in Galena, which I love to do, and it's so quiet and beautiful there. And one of the things. I did. Um, I spent a lot of time writing, but I also watched a lot of Law and Order. But Friday night, what I did was um, watched the whole season of Big Little Lies, which is it won an Emmy this year. I was on HBO. Uh, Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Kidman, uh, Shalene Woodley, who my children love and I love too. Um, Zoe Kravitz, just a great, and Laura Dern, great. I mean, just all these amazing female actresses, right? And it's all about domestic abuse and about basically, I, I don't want to ruin anything, but all these women are abused in some way and the normalization of it. Um, and it's so real. Instead of making it, I told Todd, instead of making it this like the abusers are like guys who wear like, you know, white, dirty T-shirts and everybody in town knows they're bad guys. That's not what it's like right. for women. It's much more nuanced than that. Yep. And Anyway, I highly recommend, but it's not for kids. It's a it's high intensity. Mm. It's an HBO show. Yeah. So okay, back to the whole point of this show. Good statements for women <laughs> to practice in situations when they are being talked over or not heard. The first one is, "You interrupted me. I'm not finished talking." Mm-hmm. Now that can be said in a way that is unkind, or that can be said in a very diplomatic way. You know, like I, I envision myself saying that sentence, oh, hold on, wait a second, you interrupted me, I'm not finished talking, and then, you know, then I would love to hear your viewpoint. Right. So, because a lot of times, because we don't want to deal with the repercussions, we just allow someone to talk over us. Yeah. Okay? So that's one. Number two is, which this cracked me up because of that Saturday Night Live with Boo Boo Jeffries, um, you just say, no. Do you remember that one? Yes. Or this guy wants to fight her, and she's like, no. Um, no. That's not Okay. You know, we're going to do this, okay? No. No, no. And then put the onus on that person to say, well, what am I missing? Let them sit in the discomfort of you saying no, as opposed to accommodating them and making them, because you girls are taught from a very young age. Make everybody feel Don't make waves. Right. And make everybody feel comfortable. And that's really hard for me personally, because I, in those situations, and I think a lot of people are like me, men and women, I'm feeling what everybody's feeling in that room. So if I, the the discomfort that is created, I'm struggling with too. But there are times when you just have to put your foot down. Or stand your ground. Mm-hmm. Um, number three, and maybe this would have been better with your friends. That isn't funny. Well, it's funny. That is even good for guys. That's what I mean. Right? That would have been good like with funny. your friend when he was kind of making light of something that was serious to say, dude, that's not funny. Mm-hmm. Like he thinks it's funny because he's it's been normalized that it's funny. Right. Um, but Well, and that's my challenge as an advocate for men or, or uh, as a guy who wants to help men heal the world. 
that that's what you say. You stand up and say that's not funny. Right. Or the next one, number four, that isn't appropriate. Yes. You know, because here's the thing. Todd and I are playing these clips from Saturday Night Live and we're, you know, we're laughing at things going on in the world. Humor's great, but you don't laugh at someone's expense. Like I, I watched this great um, thing about Saturday Night Live and they were talking about that the people who are in power the people who maybe don't always treat people appropriately, yeah. that's where the humor comes from. But you don't put humor on victims. You don't put humor on people who don't have options or opportunities. Yeah. So humor- uh, hum- Well, it's, it's a power thing. It is. If you make fun of somebody who has more power than you, right. I think it's a little bit more acceptable yeah. personally. If you're making somebody who's in a position of less power, yeah. then that's- where it becomes inappropriate. Imbalanced, exactly. And some people, some of you may be listening and saying, no, I find this inappropriate. And that's totally fine. Yeah. It's like we, there are times I may find something funny and someone may say to me, I don't. And that's okay. I don't need to fight and say, no, no, no. Let me tell you why this is funny. If it's not funny to you, that's okay. That's yeah. what civility is, yeah. is understanding that I understand why you found this funny, but I didn't. Okay, <clears throat> the next one. <laughs> this one I think is funny because, you know, for you guys who hear people talk about mansplaining, have you heard about him mansplaining? That's actually in my um, ideas of what I want to talk to the guys about because I didn't even know what that meant. Oh, really? So do you want to explain it in your words? or I want you to explain it in your words because I still am getting comfortable with what that word means. Well, it's when guys tell women things about what women are experiencing. Okay. This is how you should feel about this. This is how you should experience this. This is, or if it's not about our experience, maybe it's something we just said and then they say it back to us. <laughs> Think about it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Remember that, which is such a horribly crashed show, but there, you know, D, yeah. sweet D will come up with an idea. Yeah. She'll say it. And, and then, then the guys will, will repeat go, the same thing. What we should do. Yeah. So it's this like, let me explain to you. It's like when men, senators or men in Congress tell women what they should do with their bodies and how they should go to clinics. Isn't it also like when you're like dumbing it down because, oh, you're just a girl and you wouldn't understand my male intellect. All of the above. So it's actually um, not a vague term, but it can mean a lot of different things. To me, it can. Now, somebody may say, that's what I use it as. And I actually don't even use that word very much, but I understand it when it's being written. Um, But you know, someone may say, no, it originated this way. And that could be. But all those things we talked about, I've heard mansplaining used. So when that's happening... We could say something to the effect of, yes, I already know that. You know, mm-hmm. like you're not telling me something I don't know. Or we can do the opposite, which is that's not necessary or I don't agree. Right. You know, and again, you leave. That's the thing. It's a kind of a big thud because a lot of times then there's a discomfort because somebody's trying to tell you something and what people who are trying to explain things love to have themselves validated. Like, okay, did I make your life better with this information? We talked about this before. It's get uh, comfortable with the thud. Right. Allow for that discomfort because sometimes people who are in not that position of power are always trying to accommodate the person with power. Right. Let them get uncomfortable. And let's be clear about intention. You don't go into a conversation to create a thud. 
because that the intention is that I'm just trying to make people uncomfortable for the sake of it. You go into a conversation with integrity, and if a thud occurs, you can tolerate it. Mm. That's the difference, is it's not about, because I know a lot of people who love to win conversations, and they love the thuds, because they like to make everybody uncomfortable. Yeah. That is not civil. That's not in our integrity. That is, I, I'm trying to win and make this room be you know, uncomfortable. Mm. This kind of conversation where you're speaking with your spouse or you're speaking with someone at work and they say something that just simply isn't true, to say, I don't agree. And let that thud be there because you are you are doing it in your highest good, everyone's highest good. So w- that to me is a grounding element because if you're going some into something without intention or without integrity, there is no grounding agent. You're just trying to win. Well, and that was my my experience with my buddy. Yes. And I said, I'm triggered and offended. Instead, if I, if I would have just said, you know, it's not cool or that's not funny, I know I'm guessing his response would be like, dude, I'm just kidding. Right. I'm just joking. I'm like, all right. I don't think your joke's funny. Right. And then it could have kind of, he had to sit with that discomfort, but at least there would have been room for him to comment back to I gave to him you. no room. Right. Zero room. Zero room. And that's why I think this happened because I, I need to be able to tweak my message if I'm going to try to talk to men and and maybe get them to have an awareness that they otherwise may not have. And when Todd told me came home and told me this story, uh, you know, a month ago, I told him a very similar story that I'd had with a girlfriend like it was probably it was a long time ago, but it was when I was first starting to really come into myself and like say what I believed. And I had a girlfriend who said something and we we're all in the car, I mean, it was like five of us in the car, and she started commenting on something I can't even remember what it was. And I just freaked out. Yeah. I was like, that's not okay. Mm-hmm. And, and everyone in the car was like, whoa. You need to give them space to, because our brains are built for survival. Right. And when our, you know, we don't have tigers chasing us anymore. So we make up things that we think are going to kill us. Mm-hmm. Like um, you going crazy in a, in a car right. about it. So all the rest of the girls in that car don't feel like they have any place to go other than to fight back. Right. Or just be like, duh. Like yeah. they were so uncomfortable for right, me. Right. And so I came home from that trip going, okay, I got to temper that. So it's great that I'm able to speak up. Yeah. That was a good thing. And, and the woman I was working with at the time, she was like, Kathy, it's actually a good step forward, but now you have to temper that a Use little that, bit. Right. Use that to then learn how to do it civilly. Um, the next one is uh, leave me alone. If, you know, I'm teach my oldest daughter, I don't know if we've shared this, but she's now had the experience. She's 14 and where she's gone out and older men, this is so gross, um, have commented to her, said things to her when they're driving by. And she had an experience where someone sat down with her at a table and he was drunk and giving, empowering her to say, leave me alone. She's 14. I know. What are these men? I'm sorry. I'm going to get triggered and offended here. Right. Dudes, what are you doing? I know. And whether it's my daughter or somebody else's daughter, she's 14. Leave her alone. What are you doing? And I wasn't there. Thank God. That would have been interesting. I know. Because I'm like, not like, hey, let's get into a big bar fight. But I'm just <laughs> very curious to see what I would have done in that situation. I know. <sighs> well, and if it, for those of you who haven't heard this story before, because I think we talked about it, but I'll share it again. The best part of this story mm-hmm. is my daughter was with her girlfriend who is, you know, was also, they were also saying things to her. The waitress obviously woman. Shocking. And then a woman sitting at a table next to them both came over to them and said, if you need us, we'll help you. And sorry, once again, egoic trigger defensive comment here. Where are the other men? 
<laughs> was it just women around them or were there other men around them and they weren't aware of it right. or they decided not to mess with it or God, these women. These and women's I, radars are on. They know what's happening because it's happened to them. A gross, drunk person sits down with you and starts hitting on you when you're 14. This waitress, this woman at the table knew that these were young girls. And when you say, okay, so here's old school commentary. Why would you let your daughter go to a restaurant? <laughs> Why would you let her go out with her friend when she's only 14? She should be able to go to a restaurant and eat with her friend without having gross people hit on exactly. her. So that is blaming the victim. Victim again. Yes. And that is our mentality in the society is don't let her go out. How about let's stop doing this to girls? Exactly. Now, at the same time, I'm teaching my daughter, unfortunately, all the things from that Saturday Night Live skit. You do have to be thoughtful when you walk. You do need to look up. You do need to carry your keys a certain way. I'm not an idiot. You need to lock the door. I'm going to teach her all the things to keep her safe. Yeah, but do and. not blame her. Well, and, and, and parents, this is a parenting podcast. Spend as much time with your son yes. as you do with your daughter. Telling him what's appropriate and saying, yeah, your friends are going to do these things. You don't have to take part in that. You could actually even say to them, this isn't cool. Yeah. And then uh, this one, similar to leave me alone, you're making me uncomfortable. I've said that a few times um, because that's it comes from a very sincere place. This has crossed the line to... We were laughing about something 10 minutes ago, and now I feel like you're being inappropriate. Right. You're making me uncomfortable. And then the last one, please stop ignoring what I'm saying. Yeah. And maybe, and that's the comment after you're making me uncomfortable, and they continue, please stop ignoring what I'm saying. Um, quick two resources that one of which I've talked about on the show many times. There's a Dove commercial called Sorry Not Sorry. Yeah. Why Are Women Always Apologizing, which is wonderful. And I'll, I'll, put that in the show notes. And then David Schwimmer did four different, four or five different videos yes. about sexual harassment. And this was before all this broke. Before it all broke. It's each of them are four or five minutes long. Mm -hmm. I watched them all yesterday because I think I'm going to show one or two of them at my men's group next Tuesday. Mm -hmm. um, wonderful resource because it just shows the, it, it helps us guys view the world through a woman's eyes. Right. And um, so there, and I'll put those in the show the, notes too. The one that was most powerful to me, because they're, they're, each of them are pretty yeah. long. Which one did the, you? The first one. Which one was that? The bartender. Yes. Because that's the one I want to show. That's the one where he keeps saying, oh, I'm not one of those guys. And he is doing exactly what. Exactly. And he's like, hey, if any of these guys mess with, mess you, with you, let me know. And he is the, what's the word? Epitome of? Of what it is that. Yeah. So and anyway. so she's so uncomfortable. She's taking this new job. He's hitting on her the whole time. And simultaneously, this is why Big Little Lies is so good. It's what I'm talking about. It's more nuanced. It's they we get stuck in this paradigm of did he help you or hurt you? Both. Yeah. Well, that doesn't make sense to me. Was he good to you or bad to you? Both. Yeah. And so these, you know, I got this language from Brene Brown's Braving the Wilderness. A lot of times people put us in a paradigm that doesn't work. Todd and I just had this discussion yesterday about it was more, it was a work-related thing, not a sexual assault thing, but about how, you know, are you this or that? Are you, are you on my side or are you against me? There's so much nuance in there. There's so many, if you listen and you acknowledge all these pieces, you'll see that it's not so black and white. Yeah. Okay, so All that's right. it, Toddy. All right, so a few quick things. One is we have some Zen friends. And yeah. what are Zen friends? They are people that contribute to our scholarship fund to let moms and dads and kids who can't afford to go to the conference or need some financial support. And I want to name these Zen friends right now. Uh, we have five new ones. Wow. Angie McGuire, Jean Kett, Sarah Both, Kinnery Patel, and Santa Steenberg. 
They are all amazing women that have helped uh, donate to the scholarship Thank fund for you, the conference. Thank you, everybody. Thank you to that. And then we do have a new Zen friend, uh, Will and Marlena, our new, uh, I'm sorry, they're Team Zen people. Yes. So they have signed up for the twice a month Zen Talks that yeah. we do. I think you guys would really like Team Zen. And you know, the other thing, we haven't said this in a long time, but if you sign up for Team Zen and you do it a month or two and you're like, okay, I'm done, you can cancel. Yeah, cancel. It's 25 <laughs> bucks a month. Cancel at any time. Yeah. And then we have a, I want to promote a conference partner, Threads Worldwide. What does Threads oh, Worldwide do, Threads. sweetie? Well, first of all, Kara, who is the, you know, one of the leaders of Threads Worldwide, one of the founders, she's going to be on our show in January. Oh, sweet. She's flying in. She lives in Colorado. That's where I met her at the Emerging Women Conference. And she runs this awesome organization where... Artesian jewelry, um, make sure that these the women who make this jewelry are compensated for it, um, fair trade. You know, the whole, the whole message is um, helping other people. And not only that, but their jewelry is beautiful. Mm. They were at our uh, conference last year, yep. and they people bought their stuff. And you know that what you're buying is going to women, and women, when, are ma- when they're making a living, they can support their families. And this is women around the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the website is threadsworldwide.com. Great organization. Thank you for uh, partnering with us, Threads Worldwide. And if any of you listeners know of a business that might want to uh, choose to partner with us at the conference. Because actually, we only have a few tables left in that room. Correct. But the reason that we want to really kind of reach out to you guys is because the whole thing of this conference is being a force for good, right? And if you have a business that you are trying to get off the ground or you're like, I am in this world of being a force for good. I know this is my mission. Come be with Tree Sisters and Threads Worldwide and um, Cheryl Strayed yeah. and be in this room with these other people that you want to emulate because this is how you make contacts. And we have three different levels, bronze, silver, and gold. So one of them will work for you. Yeah. And if for some reason it doesn't, email us. Yeah. People just give up way too early. They're like, oh, this won't work. Email us. Yeah. Reach out to us, uh, comments at zenparentingradio.com. And then uh, we have two new reviews, one from Kay Messagey. I'm screwing that up, but she calls it a Zen humaning podcast and had some nice words. Thank you for that. And then Kate VS from the USA says, Zen, a perfect 10. So thank you for those wonderful reviews. Thank you, everybody. To all of you amazing listeners out there. And then um, I also coach guys. So if, uh, if there's any guys out there listening... There I go. I'm there she he puts up. his arms out. Um, go to toddadamscoaching.com. First session is free and check it out. Love to uh, talk to you guys out there. He's good. Thank you, sweetie. Um, and that's it. And we appreciate you guys listening and happy December. You know, tis the season to be civil and compassionate, which is the mission of our show. It's a great practice. It's in the air. Um, that's all. And keep trucking, everybody. Adios. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you, and we hope you'll join us next time. If you're a fan of Zen Parenting Radio, consider leaving us a review on iTunes. This helps people find us. You can also tell a friend about our show. Are you a force for good? If so, then get your tickets now for the Zen Parenting Conference, March 2nd and 3rd, 2018, with Cheryl Strayed, 
Milk, and Mike Damish. When purchasing your tickets, consider becoming a Zen friend for our conference scholarship program. Let's make sure anyone who wants to attend can be there. Come see us. We look forward to having everyone in Chicago. Check out all of our live events at zenparentingradio.com. You can also find our virtual community of listeners that we call Team Zen. You can find books and podcasts that we recommend and so many other opportunities and resources. Go to zenparentingradio.com. If you want to know more about self-awareness or conscious parenting, pick up one of Kathy's award-winning books at zenparentingradio.com or at Amazon. And just so you know, I coach guys. It's called Coaching for Guys on the phone, Skype, or in person. Contact me to uncover the subtle shifts that will change your life. First appointment's free. If you're looking for a group of men to have authentic conversations with, check out my men's group, thetribemensgroup.com. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link found on our homepage under Support Us. It doesn't cost anything to you, but we get a small commission from Amazon. And I want to give special thanks to two of our founding partners, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, and they can be found at chirotree.com, and Avid, painting and remodeling throughout Chicagoland area, and that's avidco.net. They've been with us since the beginning. And to all of you, thanks for your love and support. Keep on trucking.